Kentucky surely has to have some creepy stories, right? Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from Kentucky. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, especially if it comes from a state as I'm looking for stories from every single state, be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. Hey everyone, just as a quick reminder or for those who may not have heard, I have joined the Chilling Family and I want to make sure you take advantage of the free trial if you haven't yet. Chilling is the new home of horror and an amazing mobile app that allows you to do things that are just not possible on YouTube. With hundreds of amazing stories that are sorted into curated playlists or you can create your own, we give you so much flexibility to listen the way you want. This includes a chilling exclusive feature, our ambient menu. You can change the background noise of the story that will fit your mood. It's an absolute game changer. Of course, this is offered completely and totally ad-free. That's right, no ads, just hours and hours of uninterrupted, horrifying, creepy, and all-around spooky content. We are just getting started. Not only are we adding hours of new content every week, but we are soon going to expand into classic novels and audio series. Original video content is also in the works. We are really building something special over here. I couldn't be more excited to have the opportunity to be a part of this journey. I hope you can join us. Download now and start your free trial today. Click the link in the description below or simply search Chilling in the App Store. This is my first-hand story. I hope you enjoy it, as it is all true. This happened in Kentucky about a year and a half ago, somewhere in the summer of 2019. Back when my wife and I were foster parents, and we had a sibling group of children in our home. One typical week during the summer, one of the little boys screamed in fear in the night. We jumped up as fast as we could and ran to his room. We turned the light on, and we said, what's going on, son? He replied, there was a man in my window. He was waving at me, but I didn't wave back. Knowing that this room backed up to my backyard, and that I had two big pit bulls in the back, I knew that there was no human intruder, because my dogs would have been more than alerted, as they were to every time the wind would blow, or even a falling leaf. They would tear up anything that moved, basically. Not thinking much of anything about it, because he was just a little five-year-old boy, and it could easily have just been a bad dream, we told him to holler if he saw him again, or if he needed us, and that we would be right in the other room. We left the hallway light on, and went back to our beds. Not much was mentioned of it again, until a couple of days later, when I'm sure I saw exactly what he could have been talking about. Although we were drinking and having a good time, no matter how many times I replayed this situation in my head, it just never seems to be discredited. I cannot make myself unsee it, and I cannot tell myself it did not happen, because it plain and simply did happen, and it was not just me who witnessed this. My wife and my friend who was visiting us from about an hour away saw the same thing as well. Just like anybody else in the summer, we enjoyed a few beers listening to music, smoking, and overall just having a fun time. One typical warm summer Kentucky night, we had our friends over, 
and we were all enjoying a nice quiet evening. We cooked out earlier in the day and had a few beers. We were in our bedroom listening to music and standing around talking and enjoying each other's company. My wife stepped out of the room for a moment, leaving me and Selena left in the room talking and enjoying the music. I stand up from my bed and I look towards the window, which we had opened just a little bit with the screen down, but the blinds were up so we could see straight through to the outside, which was to the front of my house towards the street, in which I meant to mention I live in a neighborhood in a metro city, not a small town or anything. Just out of observance, I saw something that catches my eye and causes me to focus on the window just a bit harder. I noticed two figures. Now the windows are about six feet away from me at this point, so I inch closer to it to see if my eyes are deceiving me, in which it does nothing but really concrete what I was seeing was real. These creatures, these beings, whatever they were, were not a part of my imagination. I turned around towards my friend and simply said, Hey, look. She stood up with me, and as we approached the window, it was clear as day that these things had stood up. What was now in front of me is what I could only recognize as two slim gray aliens. One seemed to be taller than the other, and there seemed to be small patches of hair on their head. It was really hard for my brain to process these things as we walked closer, almost touching the window because of how shocked we were and how mind-boggled we were. I mean, we were literally mind-blown. We were too in shock to even be scared at that moment. It took a few moments to even snap back into non-shock state to where we could even react. We looked at each other in complete disbelief, then looked back at the window. At that moment, one of the creatures moved their head in just a readjusting motion, which really sent us into a frenzy and scared us completely to death. We turned around and took off running towards the bed like children. We let out a scream, grabbed the blanket, and threw it over our heads. My wife came in concerned with the noise, we yelled to look out the window, but both figures were now long gone. With the panic and fear of the moment settled, my wife and I quickly ran outside, but of course there was nothing. The oddest thing about this is the shadows sit about 10 feet up from the ground. If it was just a person, they would have had to have been on a ladder, or at least be 15 feet tall. There's just no way there was someone standing there. But also, there's just no doubt that there was some sort of physical being there. I am from West Virginia, and I moved all the way to Lexington, Kentucky for a girl. Now that might well be the scariest part of this story. That a dude from West Virginia moved over the border to Kentucky, and only for a girl. But I assure you, it gets worse. A lot worse. She was super affectionate when we first got together. Like I could not have wished for a better girlfriend. But as time went on, and we got more secure in the whole thing... That affection dropped off to next to nothing. It was a slow process, almost like a leaky bucket or something. I barely noticed the relationship dropping off bit by bit, until one day, I just realized there was nothing left to us. We were like roommates more than anything, hardly spent any time together, did not have sex for like months at a time. In the end, sleeping in the same bed as she was so depressing that I ended up just, you know, sleeping on the couch most times. Not too long after, I started calling the couch my bed. We broke up formally. 
It sucked, but I saw it coming a long way off, and it was not entirely unwelcome. That is when I started talking to this girl on Reddit. Now, I should make it perfectly clear that I was never, ever unfaithful to my girlfriend. It was only after we broke up that I was so starved for affection and female attention that I looked for it wherever I could. I was not confident about dating apps, I do not think, so Reddit's anonymity suited me simply fine. Eventually, I and this girl who meant on the r slash gaming Reddit swapped numbers and started planning to meet. She lived over in Arizona, but flying down there to meet her did not seem like a big deal at all. Not when she was nice and seemed like she really liked me. I remember staying up super late talking to her one night, trying to keep my voice down so my ex would not hear her. We planned all the stuff we could do together, all the places we would see, she would take me into Phoenix, all the bomb-ass Mexican food we would eat. I was excited. I went to sleep smiling, but I sure as hell did not wake up that way. I woke up to loud crashing noises just feet away from me in the TV room. At first, I thought it was a home invasion or something, but when I looked around, it was her. It was my ex. She was smashing my Xbox with a baseball bat repeatedly. I screamed at her asking her what the hell she thought she was doing. Then I went to grab my phone so I could call the cops, only to see it was not on the coffee table where I usually charge it overnight. It was nowhere to be seen. That was when my ex started ranting about how I had been cheating, how she knew everything. Then she mentioned the Reddit girl by name before she swung at me with the baseball bat. I fell backward over the couch, trying to avoid the strike, and I did. But Jesus Christ, the rush of air, it went past my face and put the fear of God into me. She chased me all around the apartment, swinging that bat as hard as she could until I locked myself in our bathroom. I thought I might be able to reason with her from the other side of the door, to be able to explain that the Reddit girl was someone I started talking to after we broke up, but she tried to bash the door down. I am still amazed that she did not manage it. Like, I was legit terrified. It was like that scene from The Shining. She bashed a hole into the wood panels and proceeded to scream through that. Thank God it was not big enough for her to reach through to unlock the door. Otherwise, I would have been in some serious trouble. Eventually, she calmed down enough to stop trying to kill me, but she wanted me out of the apartment, like that night. I did not gather everything up. I just threw some of the essentials into a bag and got the hell out of there. I kept imagining her sneaking up with a kitchen knife or something, catching me off guard, and then just stabbing me to death or something. I have had friends ask me why I did not just restrain her or something, why was I so scared of a girl? But at that point, that was the dumbest response I had ever heard into this whole story. A swing from that bat or a stab wound in the right place would be very deadly. I got out of there fast. I did not want to be dead as a doornail. I drove to a hotel and then tried to figure out how to sleep for the rest of the night, which I failed. The next morning, I called my mom in West Virginia. I told her everything and arranged to stay with her for a little while until I could get back on my feet. I would have gone back to that apartment to get the rest of my things if I did not think she would either smash me or burn me to death. Besides, I was just happier to be out of there at that point. And I will tell you another thing. I have never, ever been back to Kentucky since then. This happened about a year ago on a camping trip to Kentucky in the winter. My girlfriend at the time and three of my buddies spent the long weekend doing some hiking and camping. 
We drove in on a Friday night around midnight and set up camp. There was almost no one else at this campsite besides a young couple a bit down the road from us and an older man down the road the other way. We unloaded the cars in the dark, got the headlamps out, and started setting up the tents. Suddenly, my girlfriend noticed that there was an extra person amongst us. It was the young woman from the couple at the campsite down the road. She looked really messed up. Her eyes were glazed, and her skin looked like she had been picking at it constantly. She introduced herself and spoke in a sort of monotonous way. Overall, she seemed nice, but it was her boyfriend or maybe husband who really creeped us out. We noticed after talking with her for a bit that he was standing near our campsite at the edge of the woods, just staring at us. Eventually, he went back to their campsite, but then got his car and pulled up right next to us with the high beams on. As you can imagine, getting blasted by high beams at midnight in the middle of the woods really impairs your ability to see. His girlfriend said she had to go and got into the car with him. At this point, we were all weirded out but not entirely freaked out. It was later in the night when things got... scary. I was in the tent with my girlfriend when I started to hear a domestic argument from a couple down the road. It soon escalated to full-on screaming, then I heard glass breaking. At this point, my girlfriend and I were sitting up and deciding if we should do something or not. I hear someone get into the car. The car then peels out of the campsite and races down the dirt road past our campsite, kicking up dirt and gravel against the side of our tent. The guy had apparently left his girlfriend at the campsite because we could hear her sobbing. My girlfriend and I started getting dressed so we could check out the situation, but the car comes peeling back up the road and parks back at the campsite. Loud panicked shouting ensues, and we hear two clear pops of what sounded like gunshots. I distinctly remember the feeling of blood draining from my face. My girlfriend and I are basically frozen in our tent, listening. Finally, to our great relief, we hear them both start arguing again. The argument settles down by about four in the morning, and we fall asleep. When we woke up, they were gone. I asked my buddies if they heard what happened, and they said it kept them up as well. We made a pretty great breakfast and started packing up when the older man from the trailer we walked past in the beginning started chatting with us. He seemed surprised that my girlfriend was with me and said something along the lines of, you shouldn't have brought her. It's not safe for a woman out here. We were officially creeped out, and we found a new area of the state park to stay. We found a lovely lakeside campsite the next night and enjoyed the rest of our trip, but we were certainly jarred by those encounters. A couple of years ago, I and my pops decided to go on a road trip. It was very out of the blue. I was not even expecting it, but I decided to go anyway. It would be some solid father-son bonding time. After driving for what seemed like a couple of hours, probably was around 8 or 9 p.m. at the time, we pulled up into this gas station for snacks, water, and used the bathroom. We went back inside our car. Keep in mind, this gas station is basically in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Anyways, we got back into our car and decided to look for a hotel, but there didn't seem to be any around, and I mean not even one anywhere near us. My dad was tired, and so was I, 
so we just decided to sleep in the car. We pulled up into this sort of rest stop area, parking lot type of deal, and decided to try to get some sleep. My dad fell fast asleep, but I was on my phone for a couple of hours. It was probably around 11pm, I just felt suffocated by the tense air and decided to step out for a bit. I felt safe because the gas station was fairly well lit, and in sight, there was a couple of trucks that would occasionally drive by, so I felt at ease. At the time, I was also texting my friend who lives in Seattle, Washington. We were on the phone for a little bit, then I saw what looked like a large cornfield. I had never actually seen a cornfield in real life at that point, so I decided to cross the road and get a closer look. And that is what I did. I walked extremely close and started feeling like I was being watched. But again, I just thought, well, you're literally outside in the dark standing next to a tall cornfield. Of course you're feeling this way. So I brushed it off. I even considered going in. But then I thought, why would I even do that? So anyway, I just decided to step back. And then I noticed what looked like a barn. A large white barn with red, maybe black strips. It was kind of hard to tell in the dark. But what I could tell you for sure that it was definitely a barn. I was stupid and young, and this happened maybe when I was 14 or 15. So out of curiosity, I decided just to check it out. The barn was next to the cornfield, sort of tucked in a little bit. I literally thought, I wish I could see something that would freak me out, as a joke because I never really thought anything would happen, and I love being scared. Anyways, I started making my way towards the barn getting closer and closer, and I remember very vividly that I was not wearing any socks because I had just put on slides. I remember the dirt rubbing against my toes while I walked. I remember sending pictures to my friends in Washington, jokingly saying I saw something and that I was going to check it out. As I got closer though, unironically, I saw something. Behind the barn, but sort of to the side, like how when someone peers from a corner. I thought it was a bell. Literally, I assumed it was a bell attached to the corner of the barn. So I just walked closer. Even as I'm writing this, I can feel the goosebumps rising on my skin. I walked closer and saw the head of something or someone just peering over the corner at me. And at that moment, I just straight froze. My fight or flight was out of function because there was... Literally someone or something peering at me from a corner. After about 5 or 10 seconds, the noise Snapchat makes when you get a notification snapped me out of it. And I just ran as fast as I could across the road to my dad's car and got in. I felt a sense of relief wash over my body and somehow my dad never woke up. Me gasping for air was not enough to wake him up from his deep sleep. I really considered waking him up and telling him we just had to leave and telling him I saw someone, but I assumed he would think I was joking or having an episode. Which sounds dumb, but he has assumed that before, since he has never really believed in anything paranormal or anything that's out of the ordinary. I took deep breaths and just texted my friend telling them what happened. I don't think they believed me. I do not blame them though, and I will not blame any of you either. Sometimes I have a hard time believing what I saw, but I know it was real. I was sober and fully aware, but from the bottom of my heart, that perhaps disturbs me the most, is that whatever was peering at me from around the corner was very tall 
easily seven to eight feet. And every time I think about this, I get a sense of dread and paranoia. I have not told any family or my dad, but if any of you have any clue of what it might have been, please let me know. Again, I was not hallucinating. This was long before I knew what psychedelics or drugs were in general. But yes, please let me know if you have any ideas or info. So this was one of the creepiest and angriest moments of my entire life. Last April, my girlfriend and I decided to go for a little drive around the hills and mountains of eastern Kentucky at night. I know, bad decision, but we were really bored. For reference, I am a 6'3", 170-pound male. My girlfriend is 5' foot and pretty tiny. However, we have both been firefighters for about 5 years now, so we are both very strong and don't normally get very frightened. So anyway, we decided to go for a little drive at night. We are driving around this back road through the mountains in my little white Mercury Sable, because I'm a badass with a grandma car, obviously. And we are coming around this little bend in the middle of the road, is what I think is a school bus. Like it's straight up in the middle of the road. Its back tires were completely flat, and the back windows were broken out, and so were one of the taillights. Deciding that that was too creepy to stick around for, I drove around it. All of the windows on the left side of the bus were completely shattered with glass all over the road. At this point, my girlfriend has a death grip on my arm, and we are both freaking the heck out. As I get around it, I look in the mirror and slammed on the gas. In my rearview mirror, on the hood of the bus was a man smiling at us with a gun in his lap as we drove by. I'm absolutely too terrified to speak, so I just motion to my girlfriend to look in the mirror, and she screams as we take off. This was in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere Kentucky on a mountain road. We hadn't passed a house in miles. It was downright eerie, but I thought it was over. Just some weirdo. I was wrong. We get back onto the main road and go to a gas station to get a drink and figure out what the hell just happened. Obviously, I refused to let my girlfriend go anywhere by herself at the gas station because it was poorly lit and we were still freaked out. We go inside, get our drinks, and come back out. Sitting on the hood of my car was the same man that was sitting on the school bus, except without the gun this time. So like I said, I'm a fairly big guy, and I really don't like when people scare my girlfriend. So I walked up to him and told him in not-so-nice terms to get off my car. He smiled at me, and while still looking at me and smiling, he said to my girlfriend, Hey there, darling. What are you doing, this ugly Yankee? My girlfriend, being from New Jersey, absolutely went off on this guy, screaming about how she's a Yankee and I'm more attractive than he would ever be, etc., etc. This guy is still smiling at me, and he smells like dip. He's got bits of dip in his teeth. When she finishes, he still stares at me and smiles and says, Hey, honey, you can come home with me. I've got a surprise for you. At this point, I'm furious and I grab the guy and throw him off my car. That's when he moves between me and my girlfriend, which is not okay. He turns and when he starts muttering, 
I'll have to get rid of the ugly Yankee first. Yes, but what tool to use? I have so many that would work. I'm seriously angry by this point, and as he started talking to my girlfriend, I just absolutely lost it. I can feel the anger rising. I hear my girlfriend start crying. I shoved him out of the way and grabbed her, opened the car door for her and locked it, jumped in my side and turned the car on. This guy sat on the hood of my car and started smiling at me again. He started saying something along the lines of using a hatchet to dispose of the ugly Yankee. That's when I threw the car in reverse and drove away. He fell off the front of the car into the ground, but never stopped smiling. We drove home in terrified silence. To this day, nothing really makes any sense. Don't drive through the mountains of Kentucky at night. And if you do, and see a school bus, just drive away quickly, and don't look back. The story I'm about to share with you is the main reason I will never enter a cave or explore one for the rest of my life, and why I will never, ever leave the house without telling someone where I'm going first. Eleven years ago, I was still in college with my boyfriend. We were both invited to go explore a cave with a couple we've never met before. They both seemed nice enough, but their jeep was a little ghetto. Keep in mind that my boyfriend and I didn't tell anyone where we were going, and there was no cell phone service out in the middle of nowhere, and especially not in a cave. They drove us four hours away from my college town into the middle of nowhere, in a place in Kentucky that I had never gone to before. Still, to this day, I have no idea where that cave was located. Even though I've tried several times to locate it on the internet and asked all of my friends, I just can't seem to find it. Anyway, we parked the car in a forest with no houses in sight, and they led us to a cliff with a tiny hole in the side of it, just big enough for me to slide into on my stomach. Before we entered, the couple put black latex gloves on which struck me as odd. They led the way and we slid through the tiny tunnel on our stomachs for what felt like 20 minutes, which made me quite claustrophobic, I might add. Eventually, we got to a little room the size of a large closet, just tall enough to sit in. I don't know why, but the guy lit a fire, which quickly filled the chamber with smoke, which was a little creepy, and I saw that he had a rope and a knife in his backpack. We continued sliding on our stomachs for 10 or more minutes, down the cave until we finally entered a huge cavern with ceilings covered in stalactites, two stories high. The cave went on forever, and ever. It seemingly was endless. We walked, and walked, and, you know, walked, in complete darkness with only two flashlights. To my horror, I realized that the guy was holding a rock, and kept looking back at me and the girl, was carrying a knife. At one point, the couple had made my boyfriend and I lead the way, and we almost thought we were about to be pushed into a deep hole. When I threw a rock into it, it felt like it fell forever. I heard it hit the bottom far, far below. I looked back to see the two strangers whispering to each other. The girl said, should we do it now? They look up and see that I'm watching them, and I see the man look to the girl and shake his head. Were they planning something bad? So we head down another path. By this time, we've been lost for hours, but we finally find spray paint arrows pointing the way to a place that says, Exit. But after a while, we realize that these arrows were probably made by some pranksters who put the arrows everywhere just to make people lost. Finally, 
I'm the first one to see twilight at the end of a large tunnel, and we make it outside into the real world. I'll never go anywhere with strangers. I'll never go back into a cave, and I'll never go anywhere without telling someone where I'm going. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the state of Kentucky. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this gets, the more YouTube promotes it in its algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating, as that truly helps me over there a ton. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new video, as I upload them almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit that at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for new scary stories to share. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you guys would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, giving this a 5-star rating on iTunes, and or subscribing to the YouTube channel, maybe check out the merch store. I have everything from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more, and I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. I'd love to know what story tonight was your favorite. If you could comment that down below, it would help me out a ton. As always, if you have a story, be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net. I'm trying to do stories from every single state, and eventually, potentially, cover every single country. That would be awesome. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys. I hope you guys would join me over on the Chilling app. Come join me, Let's Read, Being Scared, Your Maker, and others. We've got exclusive scary stories over there that you won't find on our channels, and I hope to see you there. Start your free trial with the link in the description, or just search up Chilling on the App Store.